Sunday School. We're in a uh, very interesting time in this particular section uh, that we'll be covering in Second Timothy. We'll be speaking directly about the foundations of Christian service, which in, in a case of dealing with uh, what Scripture has to say, we really have to have that foundation, that firm foundation. Of course, that foundation is in Jesus Christ. He is the one in who indeed uh, gives us what we need to be able to learn more about him. But it's still upon us to make sure that we are doing everything we can to make sure that we are not hindering our fellowship with him. So I'm, I'm going to trust that uh, some of this that is communicated here today, and even in the message later, is going to challenge you to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make sure that you are uh, not just stuck on being uh, a person who's like a babe in Christ. You've got to get deeper uh, in your relationship with him. That is, that's really a requirement. Um, the Holy Spirit is there to help you with that process. It is not something that is to be sloughed off or taken lightly. Um, the Spirit never makes you do something that you don't want to do. Never will do that and never has done that. So we need to keep that in mind as we look at these things. But, but please keep in mind that um, the Lord Jesus is there to help you throughout the entire process. Let's go ahead and uh, look to the Lord with a word of prayer uh, regarding Sunday school and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for how you are there to be the, the guide, the teacher, the helper, uh, the very words and names that Christ used to describe who you are. We thank you for the indwelling presence of the Spirit to help us to learn more, to help us to learn more as far as instruction, for you to teach us more, for you to guide us day by day. We, Lord, we thank you for how you do indeed order our steps. That is something that's very important for us. You, uh, we do not, we, we there, you're there with us in both the big moments and also the small moments where, Lord, you teach us even through those things. Thank you for your presence this morning, Lord. We pray again for healing for Pastor Gus and for Ronnie and for Vic and all those others who have been uh, a little bit under the weather or who are ailing a little bit right now. We pray that you'll just help them along, Lord day by day, moment by moment. We thank you, and we ask your blessing, and we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Second Timothy chapter 1. Now, we're going to cover verses 13 through chapter 2, verse 13. So we have a little bit of a, an odd break up there, but it's actually uh, a section that is going to help us with a content today to help us to, to stay focused on what is being mentioned here. This is part of the part two of last week's uh, section where we're talking about encouragement to be faithful, encouraging uh, one another to be faithful and how the Lord encourages us to be faithful. And so we need to see this and let's go ahead and look at the passage. It is not a long passage, but the content of course is rich as always, which is what i I really draw upon when we look at this. Now, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Um, uh, Mrs., uh, Mrs. Gaines, my bride, put up the context in the English Standard Version. We ask that you follow along in your own version as I read uh, from the New Living Translation. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse starting at verse 13 through chapter 2, verse 13. Starting in chapter 1, verse 13, Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith 
and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Verse 15, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. Verse 16, may the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Verse 8. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am writing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Verse 11, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him... He will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Okay, that's Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 through chapter 2, verse 13. And let's go back to the top and take a look at this once again. We've got um, a little bit of a, a material here for the remaining part of chapter 1 we want to look at. It's very important here. Back to verse 13. Chapter 1, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Well, thank goodness for the Holy Spirit, because if you didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling with you, you wouldn't be able to hold on to any truth like this. The flesh is what ha uh, is going to be the antithesis of all of this. So, Paul is recognizing that Timothy is in a time of transition here in the church. Um, he was the protege, the bright young helper, the one who came alongside of Paul and was being taught and instructed. But soon he's going to be on his own as a leader of the church, and it's going to be in a tough environment. We already learned how tough the environment was when, our, when we, in our last study, when we saw that there was persecution that was taking place in the Roman in Rome and in surrounding areas because of uh, the fact that uh, Christians were just being persecuted and attacked and being accused of doing things they weren't, being, weren't doing. Um, 
Not unusual at all because those are the very same things that take place even today uh, when we look at our faith and how things are transpiring. But even though Timothy's responsibilities were changing, it didn't mean that he was going to uh, be without help or have, uh, have to go it alone. First of all, we already knew that he was going to tie, you know, tie into what the Lord was doing in his life, how the Lord was training and teaching him. Those were things that were very necessary, and those things had to take place. He had to rely upon the Lord first. It's great to have help around you, but the Holy Spirit had to be the one who was going to be the primary help for him. And look back at the experiences you had in your life and learn from them. Learn from the different experiences you had where you had conflict with other people. You invariably will get something out of those those experiences. Those are things that we need to understand. We, You're going to get something out of them. And when you learn from those things, you don't make the same mistakes later, if you did make mistakes. So he's saying, look back at the experience. Look back at who is the foundation of your faith. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. Who is the foundation? Who is the firm foundation we've talked about? It's Jesus Christ. The Spirit has given all of us gifts, and we have abilities to operate and function in the body because of the gifts he's given us. Are you using your gifts? Are you doing those very things to help you to be able to manage situations day by day? Are you using your gifts? Do you pray that God uses, allows you to use your gifts on a regular basis? And pray, being prayerful that even in those gifts that he will even show you something new uh, that you can learn and do as well. Your relationship with the Lord has to be an active, prayerful life. It's not just something where you just wait for something to happen. We need to understand that. This is what is very important about our faith. And I, I'm fearful that a lot of people just don't grow because they're always waiting for something to happen. Well, God wants you to make it happen. He, he's asking you to step out in his faith and make things happen. And that's what has to take place if you have a firm foundation of faith. If you're looking to the Lord and trusting him in everything that's going on, it's not about waiting for something to happen. Make it happen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and working through him. Now let's move on um, just to keep uh, focused on time and moving forward here. Uh, verse 15 and 16. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. And then verse 16. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. Now, we don't know anything about Phygelus and Hermogenes. They obviously opposed Paul's ministry. They already, uh, there were many who did oppose Paul, and there were many that came out publicly and did so. And uh, for this reason, I guess uh, Paul mentions them by name here because he wants people to see that the opposition is there. There is going to be opposition to whatever you're doing. You're going to face opposition by Satan and also by other individuals who uh, don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, don't believe in your faith, uh, are either jealous or arrogant or angry or for all kinds of reasons people will come against you. But we need to understand that these and those individuals are supposedly in some sort of leadership and yet they fell because they just didn't stay in the truth. So Onesiphorus, if I have to say his name again, I'll tell you... <laughs> Uh, this will probably be it, because there's so many mentions of his name. It's not an easy name to say. 
but he was being mentioned here as a positive example in contrast to the other gentlemen who were referenced here. And because he was mentioning that Onesiphorus was not ashamed of him because he was in chains. He came to see it after Paul. He came to see and look at, into how he was doing. That's exactly the behavior and the attitude that we all should have on a regular basis. Show that you care about someone because you do those things because the Lord Jesus Christ gives you the desire to uh, be concerned about the affairs of the lives of others of other people. Be positive. Show positivity. And as you do these things, as you look at this thing about this firm foundation of faith, the Holy Spirit helps you to be able to look to the future as well, too, and, and look at what you can do and what you should do in the future as far as planning is concerned. These are all things that the Spirit does as he can encourages us to be faithful. Be faithful and trust in him no matter what's going on. He has our good in mind. He has good in mind for us, and that's what we need to see here. And let's now drop down to chapter 2, verse 1. We want to get into the material here, and it's very rich, a lot here. Back to verse 1 of chapter 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. What's the key word in that verse? Be strong. Key words are to be strong. Through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. How can someone be strong through grace? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, grace is God's undeserved favor on our behalf. That's what we need to first of all understand. His grace is our undeserved favor uh, that he gives to us. And we should, of course, we are saved by grace because that's what he did for us. You can refer to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 for that. But we should also live by uh, this grace. Take a quick look at Colossians 2, 6. Hold your finger where you are in 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and go back to Colossians 2, 6. It's a brief verse, and it's just a, a call for us to live according to this grace. Verse 6, Colossians 2. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. It's an active faith, and we are thankful for this grace that he gives to us and he has extended to us. And that, you know, one thing we need to understand, and there's always a balance in everything we talk about grace and understanding that we have undeserved favor. We can take that too far, and we, we can go on the other end of it and just say, uh, boy, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy of you. I don't know if I should even be doing these things. Well, no, that's not exactly, that's not what that grace is. The grace is that you can step out now and move in his faith and do so boldly. Do so with uh, knowledge that he indeed loves you and wants to extend this grace to you because he loves you. That's why he's doing it. So you need to take it. It's not, it should not be a dysfunctional relationship between you and the Lord. Uh, that would not be healthy for you. It's unnecessary, and it's not going to give you any brownie points because you humble yourself to the point of making yourself so low that you don't feel like you're worthy of receiving any grace or anything like that. There's a balance here. So we need to understand that he does want us to humble ourselves before him. He wants us to be ready to repent from sin if we make a mistake, if we make mistakes. He wants us to turn back to him, but he forgives us instantaneously the moment we do those things. And it's time for us to get 
pull up our bootstraps, get up and get moving and not wallow in misery uh, in any way, shape or form because that's not what we should be doing because we have this undeserved grace. He loves us. He wants us to trust completely in him, trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives us power. You're not trying to live for Christ and use your own strength in doing it. That's what this passage is what is referring to here for Timothy. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to be doing. Receive and utilize Christ's power. He, that's what he is there for. He will give you the strength you need to do his work. And you don't need to feel bad about it. You need to feel good about it. Because he loves you so much, that's what he wants you to do. So these are things that we need to keep in mind. Back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. You have heard me teach these things, teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Now, a comment that I, I read, I found here was very, very true. If the church were to consistently follow this advice that's given in verse 2, it would expand geometrically as well-taught believers would teach others and commission them in turn uh, to teach still other people. And we know that the church is growing. We know that there is a body of believers who is growing. But we want to extend that and not just rest on our laurels that the church is growing here or the church is growing there. Now, are all churches growing? No, they're not. A lot of churches are not growing right now. I'm going to challenge everyone who's within the sound of my voice. If you are not doing your part in the body of Christ and living out the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, then you're not doing your part. You're going to need to live out your faith. And how you do that, that's between you and the Lord on how you accomplish those very things. This is what we mean about having a prayerful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing him to give you direction, direction in how to carry out this very thing that he has called all believers to do, all believers, every one of us. We should be teachers in, in our own way. We don't all have to be teachers like uh, for classrooms or instruction or anything like that. But there's ways for you to teach even through how to pray. I mean, something very simple like that is a, is a way of instructing others who may have difficulty with even knowing where to begin with prayer. And sometimes the place to start is at the very beginning. I've said that before, but we sometimes wind up getting all complicated about our faith when we just need to get started and just start doing something and allowing the Spirit to truly speak to us as we do it. Um, disciples need to be equipped to pass on their faith. And our work isn't done until new believers are able to make disciples of others. Uh, take a quick look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And understand something, that how you befriend other people and, and work with other people and do those things, don't overthink it. Uh, the Spirit is going to provide you with people in your life, people that you communicate with that are going to help you in this process. And sometimes it's as simple as just having fellowship with those individuals, either by telephone or maybe it's FaceTime. You know what I mean? Use, your, use the tools that you have today. You can, you can remember the old days where you had to make a phone call and if you called somebody long distance, it was a, either a station-to-station -station call or 
you knew that if you made the phone call, it was going to cost you X number of dollars because you're calling someone long distance. With a rotary dial phone. Yeah, right, with a rotary dial phone, of all things. Uh, you know, There might be some people online saying, what's a rotary dial phone? Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they, they, they're, you can go to an old antique store and probably find some rotary dial phones in there. But today, the point I was trying to make <laughs> before I got silly um, was that you can make a FaceTime call at no charge. It costs you no money, and you can talk to somebody on the other side of the world if you want to. That is where we are today, everybody. We've got technology today. Now, you got to pay for your cell phone bill and stuff like that. That's that's a given. You're going to have to pay a bill anyway, right? But the but you're not going to be charged extra for making a long-distance FaceTime call, or you're not going to be charged anything extra if you have the right plan uh, where you're going you're gonna to talk to somebody across the country. It's not going to cost you any extra money. You have to understand something. You have the ability now, we all have the ability to do incredible, amazing things with today's technology. And that includes ministry. Praying with someone in another country over the telephone. Praying over someone who has ailments or difficulties. You have the amazing ability to do all of these things. And I'm just going to challenge you to think outside the box a little bit about those things. And make sure that you are always ready to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ when you're called upon to do those things. Um, I'm not, I don't think I even read Ephesians 4, 12 to 13, did I? I uh, it's on the timeline. It's to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. These are all things that we're doing. We're maturing. We're allowing to be built up by others. We're allowing the Spirit to build us up. And uh, that's just something that's very important for us to see here. Let's drop down back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Well, a good soldier of Christ Jesus. There is suffering involved in following Jesus Christ. You all have experienced that. Paul is, of course, sharing this, but you know he's in chains. Uh, and so he recognizes this, but he knows that all of us endure and suffer. And based upon that, first of all, you know when you're suffering, you know you're alive because you're feeling something. Uh, that's the one thing we need to understand, too. I don't want to make light of that because it's not a really pleasant thing to think about. But if you know you're suffering, you know that you're still doing the very things that Christ did as he suffered for all of us. And he died on the cross for us. We share in a common experience. Not those with uh, just, just those with we are alive with today, but the common experience of anybody who suffered and died, on, uh, died for Jesus Christ, who became martyrs for Christ. Those missionaries, those pioneers of faith, those people who came before us. We all have a common bond. The common bond, of course, is Jesus Christ, but they also had the courage to face what they ultimately had to deal with. In many, many cases, those people lost their lives because of the faith over Jesus Christ. I'm not going to make the challenge to you to, to think about right now, you know, how would you behave in those circumstances. But I'm going to challenge you, if you are remaining faithful, if you are truly growing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you would very willingly give up your life for him because of all the things that are involved in that process 
there you go. God gives you the grace to face the situation when you get there, not before. That's exactly what my lovely bride said. And that's exactly the truth. And we don't need to worry about things like that because God's going to give you what you need. He did the same thing for Stephen before he was stoned to death. He, he knew he was going to die. Uh, the, these are things that we have to understand, everyone. God is not going to do things where you're just going to be caught off guard completely. He is going to give you what you need in moments of difficulty. And I'm trusting that even for those who are going to a funeral tomorrow, um, for as far as Angie's cousin is concerned, that you know these people are going to experience God's grace and they're going to experience his peace. He's going to give you what you need to endure those situations. So we need to understand that he gives us the endurance to be able to run the race that God set before us. That's uh, from Hebrews 12.1. We have what we need to get this thing done, but we just have to trust in him. Trust in him in all, with all our hearts and our, our souls and minds. Just trust. That's what we have to do here. Um, verse 4, back to 2 Timothy 2. Soldiers don't get tied up on the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. That's right. If you break the rules, you're disqualified. And hardworking farmers should be able to be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. So, as Timothy preached, as he taught uh, in the church, he was going to face suffering. That's what Paul was telling him. He was going to face difficulty, but he should be able to endure it. And there were many reasons to be fearful, but yet we, even in our fear, we turn that fear over to faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we have to see here. Very important stuff. Um, we have to... Look, let's look at the example again about the soldiers in verse 4. As soldiers, soldiers have a duty to uphold the Constitution of the United States. They have the duty to uphold and do what's necessary to make sure things are remain in order. It requires tremendous discipline. It requires great training. It's not something you can just walk in and just start doing because if you're not trained to do it, you're going to fail. You have to have discipline. You have to have strength. You have to have the encouragement of even the other brothers and sisters with you that you are all on the same page when it comes to being able to uh, endure whatever hardship takes place and prevail over that to make sure that you are doing everything you can to follow the orders according to the Constitution of the United States. That's what they're called to do. That's what they are sworn to do in their duty. And honestly, that's exactly the same mentality that we have to have as believers. We need to be disciplined in our faith. You're going to find this to be true, and Scripture already has given reference to this. There are going to be many people who are weak in their faith, and they are going to disappear when things get really hot. And it is only going to be those who are truly disciplined in the faith that are going to function at a high level for the Lord Jesus Christ and have to endure a great deal. I cannot stress enough. I have, it's a conviction from the bottom of my heart, especially as I go back and look at the study of philosophy. Philosophy is the study of deep thinking, deeper thinking deeper than just on the surface, really getting into understanding things as they take place, uh, as God allows us to understand them. And ultimately, that's what he challenges us to do. He wants us to be deeper thinkers about who he is. 
and he wants us to understand more about what he would have us to do uh, as far as our lives are concerned. And if you're not a deep thinker, you're not going to be very effective, uh, honestly. You've got to think more about Christ. And it doesn't mean you have to be a scholar about it. It just means you have to be uh, more in tune to how he is speaking with you and dealing with you. Some people aren't even sure if the Spirit speaks to them anymore. I mean, these are just little things that are very basic in our communication with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not sure about how the Spirit is speaking to you, you need to seek after him and ask him, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Are you asking? These are all things that we need to be doing as individuals and being ready and prepared to deal with uh, opposition, to endure opposition. Satan wants to destroy. What is it? Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy uh, believers. And anyone who is not ready or prepared, you are going to be sidelined by Satan very, very easily. These are things that we have to be conscious of as we look at our faith and make sure that we are not settling and not standing still. That's why we encourage everyone to get on the two-year Bible plan and read every day. You've got to keep reading. No matter how you feel, you go through it because if you're reading his word, that's his communication with you at the very least. He knows you're not going to be at your best every day, but he also knows that you've got to do your best, even if you're not at your best. And that's something that uh, I can't stress enough. I think it's very important for us to see these things as we uh, look at this passage. Um, he wants us to be faithful. You're going to be faithful the more you know about him, the more that you trust in him, the more that you have faith in him. So be patient. You keep suffering, and you're going to go through suffering, but there's a victory. There is an end finish. There's a finish coming. There's an end game. There's a, a way that we're trying to pursue Ultimately, we, we, of course, are pursuing our ultimate uh, fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ when we leave here. But even in that, when, Tim, when Paul finishes up and says, I've fought the fight, I've finished the race, I have kept the faith. That's what we all should be able to say at the end of our lives. That's what we need to be able to do. And that's what we have to see. We know that because we are showing the example of Christ, we are winning people to Christ because of our actions, because of our behaviors. Always, always keep those things in mind as you consider why you do what you do. There's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. You're maintaining a steadfastness in the faith. You are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is building you up day after day to grow in Christ. Keep seeking after him. Very, very important to do that. Okay. Paul told Timothy to think about his words, and God was going to give him understanding. That's what we need to understand. If we're reading the Bible, we're going to know how God is speaking to us. Then we're not going to be asking questions like, Lord, what are you telling me all the time? He's going to give you understanding. He's going to give you the ability to understand what you're being told. You're not going to be left alone in this process. That's something that's very important for us to see here. Um, we need to be open and receptive to his word, too. Another caution that I'll just put out there for, for some of us, sometimes we don't like what the Bible tells us. And sometimes we don't like what the Bible has to say about us as individuals. Well, that doesn't mean it isn't true. Uh, it is true. Uh, so we have to understand that God is teaching us. This is a teaching process that's ongoing. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is teaching us at all times. And he has said things to us through his word. After you read it, it's like, Lord, I need to repent. You're right. 
These are things that I've been doing I shouldn't have been doing. And he's going to show you a lot of truth as you go through the Bible, go through the process of reading the Bible, and think about what you've read. We've, we've talked about living in God's image, and it's important for you to investigate what it says in Scripture, but now meditate on it. The meditation aspect of what you've read is very important here. You've got to pour over what God is saying to you and, and, and just allow him to speak to you in your prayers and meditate on his word. Meditation gives you greater understanding. And, of course, we're just going to say it very quickly. We're not talking about meditation as in some sort of Eastern uh, religion type situation. It's a meditating on God's word that he speaks about in his word in the book of Psalms. The meditation on his word, day and night. That's exactly what he's referring to. Okay, verse 8. Let's get back to 2 Timothy 2, verse 8. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news. I preach. And we need to understand that Timothy was also overcoming false teaching, which we covered last week. The false teaching was very prominent. I'm going to uh, allow you, uh, please allow, turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 29 and 30. Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Paul is, of course, warning and making sure that we are aware as well, too, of the different false teachers out there. There are a ton of false teachers. Amen. There are people who are uh, readily presiding the word or information that is not God's word. It is more the word of the individual. There are a lot of people out there for their own interests. The fleshliness is there. It's ever-present. I know that, it's starting in verse 29 in Acts chapter 20, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. This was a common practice, common practice back then. Remember, Christ had not long left these individuals. We're not talking about a whole lot of time passing by from when Christ ascended into heaven. And that's what we're looking at here. There's a lot of people, a lot of teachers out there who are opportunists who will give you false teachings and false prophecy. Um, these are, and there are people out there who are giving prophecies that are false. And, and, and some are true, but some are false. So you need to make sure that you are paying attention to what is truth. How do you do that? Seek the Lord. Weigh whatever is being said against what the Lord has to offer. You go and do your own research. You go and look things up. Be a Berean. Acts 17.11. You have got to do these things. If you are not doing any of these things, then you're going to be subjected to information that will just confuse you after a while because you're not going back and doing your own research. Many times, I, I hate to, to be overly skeptical about things, but you have to understand, if you're living in Satan's domain... You can't believe that everything that someone says is true. And that comes from any area of, of, or venue. It, it, uh, it can come from colleges, universities. It can come from the media. You don't believe everything that you hear. If you know you're in Satan's domain, then you have to always put a flag up and make sure that what you're hearing is truth. And that's something that's very important for all of us to do. We... we Take everyone's word for things, but we're not being diligent as far as what 
really needs to be done here? We need to go back to the word and see if it's true. That's why we have 33,000 different denominations. We've got different ways of expressing our love for God, but it's in many ways it's flawed when we don't go back and test to see what is true. And I think that that's going to be pretty much the rest of my life's mission, to always challenge people to go back and test what's being said. And of course, it includes what I say, because if I what I'm saying is garbage, then then obviously you know what to do with me. You just don't listen. But if what I'm saying is coming from truth and it is rooted in truth, every little point may not be perfect, but if what I'm saying is coming through truth, that's what you want to always lean on through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not my words, but the words of the Spirit that are being uh, said. So test these things out, everyone. If you have any skepticism, about what's being said, that's the Spirit sometimes telling you something. You need to think about what's being said if it's true. Um, that was, And he may confirm it to you that it's truth, or he may not. I mean, he may say something that's different altogether. That's the whole point. But if you don't ask, you're not going to know. If you're not going to know for sure, if you don't seek after the Lord, ask, seek, knock. Uh, Matthew 7, 7. He will give you what you need to know. These are things you have got to do. I, I can't emphasize enough. You just don't take everything for face value. When you take everything for face value, you are going down a path that you may never recover from. If you really find these things out, that you've gone down a path and you really don't even know uh, where you're going. The Lord has to be in all of it. So please keep that going. Please keep that in mind. Um, at the heart of false teaching is an incorrect view of Christ. There are many people who were teaching back in that day that said Christ was divine but not human, uh, God but not man. And these days we hear that Jesus was human but not divine. Uh, there, there's all kinds of teachings there. We know from our own teachings that he is both human and divine. He had the unique nature of being both uh, when he was here on earth. So it's not a one or the other proposition. See, this is what philosophers struggle with for years as well too when you know we're talking about who is jesus christ was he a man was he a, a god was he all of these things and you know what god wants you to ask those questions and go to him and pray and seek him and he'll give you the truth so that way we are not going back and forth and and, and being tossed to and fro uh where we don't know what the heck's going on we have got to do a better job of testing these things out so it's not about taking anybody's word for it. You pray and ask the Lord. You have an indwelling Holy Spirit if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to start exercising that faith and trusting that and really working out. Um, don't be a 98-pound weakling when it comes to your faith. Amen? Don't be a 98-pound weakling. You've got the ability to exercise your faith and test it out and see that it's true. God is not going to disappoint you in the results if you trust in him. If you step out a little bit, he's going to show you. He's going to do those very things. Um, you know, sometimes we as believers just need to have those walk-on-water experiences. We're just stepping out and letting the Lord just guide us as we go along. Um, we have got to do these things, everybody. We have got to do them. Stop believing everything you hear. Always seek out and test it out to see that it's truth. And I say this about not just about the world and uh, media or colleges, universities or instructors who 
who may have a bias. I mean, these are all things we have to understand. That if we don't come across in a way where we're allowing for the total perspective to take place, you're not going to learn anything that's beneficial. You need to learn all of it, not just part of it, all of it. Let the Holy Spirit help you to understand these things. Let him give you what you need to be able to function in these areas. We all need to be growing. We cannot afford to stand still any longer in our faith. There are fewer and fewer of us in our church, in our churches, that truly are seeking the Lord. There are a lot of people who are there just to take up space. And that's just an indictment against individuals who just are just allowing the world those thorns of life just to crush out anything that the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives. Don't be one of those people. Paul was stating very firmly about Jesus being fully man, a descendant of King David, and fully God raised from the dead. So we need to understand that that's the teaching, that's the good news that Paul was preaching in spite of where he was. Um, Paul was put in jail because they they charged him with blasphemy. They charged him with saying things that were essentially condemning the Jews because of what they believed. And so they didn't want to hear it anymore. They put him in jail. They got tired of it. Uh, They got tired of hearing about what Paul was saying. But because of what Paul had done, many people got saved. Many people became followers of Christ. And Paul recognizes that in this imprisonment now, And this communication, he knows he's not getting out of prison. He knows that he's done the work that was necessary to get people saved. And that's exactly what his mission was. When you do these things, when you know that God has called you to do them, and so you speak boldly in the faith, and you just do those things and step out in the faith. Now, Paul is going to receive his reward, of course, because he did exactly what God had told him to do. And we need to understand that he is going to get a reward for this. His reward, of course, is that he has... He is in heaven with Jesus Christ. He is going to meet, be with him. But it was still hard, very, uh, very difficult at that time to get through all those things. Paul ticked off a lot of people, angered the Romans who worshipped the emperor as God. You know, uh, Nero, he was supposed to be a godlike figure, but he got them ticked off. He got the Jews ticked off. But even in that, there were members of Caesar's household Uh, who turned their lives over to Jesus. Take a look at Philippians 4. Philippians 4.22. If you read it too fast, you'd miss it. But here it is. It's it's a a very very important reference for us to see in uh, Philippians. It says, All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Now look at that. That's, if you read it really fast, you would never catch that. But Paul's witnessing, you don't really see all the stuff happening behind the scenes. But people were acknowledging the love of Jesus Christ. And, and that's what we need to see here. That's very, very important. People were getting saved even though Paul was being persecuted and put in chains. The truth of God's word is being delivered, is being believed and by people every day. And it's changing their lives for eternity. So despite the opposition, please continue to speak about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some are going to listen. Some won't. But some will listen. And in the time of the Spirit, they'll believe. So we need to understand that God's work is always ongoing. It doesn't stop. We just keep going on forward with these things. 
So we indeed will endure as we live our lives. As we live according to God's image, we're going to endure too. We have to endure. We have to continue to move forward. We're going to face sometimes illness. We're going to face uh, strife. We're going to face turmoil. We're going to deal with issues as they come up. But that doesn't mean we stop preaching uh, the gospel, speaking the truth about Christ as we endure. And we are when we have to endure, what do we have to do? We've got to go back to the Lord and pray and sometimes sit quietly and just let the Lord speak to us as we go through those tough situations. And it says in verse 10, going back to 2 Timothy 2, So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. God is the one who chooses. Uh, he chooses those based upon the heart of the individual, the, per, the one who truly is seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to see here. He is choosing. He is uh, choosing those individuals who are seeking after him. And he is welcoming them, welcoming them in the fellowship. And once we get in the fellowship, we just need to be prayerful that God uses us according to our gifts and talents. And so that's what we all of we should be praying for. He is doing those things. The last section in 2 Timothy, as we start closing this out, uh, verses 11 through 13, um, this is a trustworthy saying, if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. This is probably an early Christian hymn. You'll notice it is written in a, a manner of poetry, um, just like in the Psalms, you would see something like this. And it's a, probably a hymn. It's probably the lyrics of an old Christian hymn uh, where God is showing how faithful he is to his children in spite of who we are, in spite of how we are sometimes not faithful. He is still faithful to us. That's the takeaway here. Uh, no matter how we behave or what we do, he's still faithful to us. He still he hasn't changed his mind about people getting saved. He hasn't changed his mind about people recognizing the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is steadfast. He continues to do what he says he's going to do. He promises that we're going to live eternally with him in spite of all these things. We are thankful that he has given us salvation to be able to experience that very thing with him. And so... This way, this hymn, this message of this hymn at the end is a way of providing comfort. And it even comforted Paul as he was suffering. I mean, we need to see that too. He was suffering and going through a great deal. So I am sure in his own solitude, he was singing these songs or hymns of prayer, uh, hymns to help give himself comfort even through the tough times of being in chains. We need to see this, everyone. This is very important for us to understand. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's going to be um, uh, roses and candy. There are going to be times where it's going to be very, very tough. And we need to go back and seek the Lord for strength and encouragement through his word. These words written here are his word for us to remember how trustworthy Jesus Christ has been and will continue to be in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us and shown us the importance of remaining steadfast in our faith and trusting in you. Lord, we thank you for your ongoing encouragement. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for showing us these principles, these foundations of faith that are necessary for us to be able to accomplish all these things that you are putting forth. It's not our accomplishments. They are your accomplishments in the faith. 
you are the one who saves. You are the one who encourages through your word. You are the one who has declared an everlasting love for us that we can not even comprehend in our present condition. But Lord, we are thankful that you have this grace with us. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise for all that you have done, all that you will continue to do, and all that you will do for us in the future. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, well, thanks, everybody. Uh, Thanks for another edition of Sunday School. We're going to uh, depart from here, head down to Akron, and we will see you there for those who are coming to church today. Um, Please make sure that you have your masks and do what's necessary. And God bless you all. Stay on the timeline here. If you're not going to church, there will be a message following that is pre-recorded uh, on today's uh, message on quality control. That's what you have to look forward to. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.